up. All right, we got the Eagles when you're ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Heston, back with another episode here in The Truth, back with another episode of 32 Teams in 32 Days, episode number seven, as we are continuing our way through the NFC East Division. If you guys missed the first four episodes, those were covered through the AFC East Division. And if you missed the first two episodes of this division, we covered the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. And the Washington Commanders the day before that. We have the Eagles today and the Giants tomorrow before venturing over to our next division. AJ Ponciano joined with me once again. How are you doing here today? I'm doing great now. How are you? Doing great as well. We got another interesting team here in the Philadelphia Eagles. If you guys are new to 32 teams in 32 days, let me give you a brief rundown on how this works. We'll basically start by going over our first three key players, our bust, breakout player, Sleep up, sleeper player, team MVP, two key draft picks slash free agent signings or offseason moves, three keys to success, and our division prediction for the upcoming year. Without further ado, who is your first key player for the Eagles this season? The first key player I have for the season is Jalen Hurts. Uh, obviously, a breakout year last year. Uh, it's been solid throughout his entire career, but Jalen Hurts has really proved himself uh, to, of who he is and who the league should expect him to be. Next up after that, I have uh, Devonta Smith. Uh, him and A.J. Brown are actually by both my other two key players. I mean, that receiving duo is one, probably one of the greatest in the league. And Devonta Smith really just going. We've seen who A.J. Brown is, but really took another step forward with having Jalen Hurts as his quarterback. And so overall, those three are probably one of the most uh, elite trios uh, between a quarterback and two wide receivers in the league. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is my first key player. He definitely was one of the best quarterbacks in all of football last season. He's had a really good career for Philadelphia so far. A lot of people were kind of confused when he was drafted in the second round in 2020. Not necessarily confused, but just kind of shocked that he was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. But he has was obviously drafted and has a great, successful career thus far. Last year, 3,701 passing yards, 760 uh, rushing yards. So really good collection there of yards in general. He's been a very key contributing factor to the Eagles' success, both running the football and obviously passing the football. Going into this season, I think the expectations are continued to be the same. He's going to be a guy that needs to be a dual threat option. He's going to be the guy that's going to be able to throw to guys like Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Goddard, all that stuff, and have success there. Paired alongside him, another key player, Devontae Smith. You had touched base on him, too. Uh, also went to Alabama for a period of time, uh, like Jalen Hurts did. Uh, obviously, he won the Heisman Trophy there. At Bama, number 10 overall selection in 2021. He's had also a great start to his career for the Philadelphia Eagles. Had 1,196 yards last season with seven touchdowns on 95 receptions. That's honestly pretty pretty good for having guys like A.J. Brown also in the mix there, too. Uh, Brown had 88 receptions, more of, a, I guess, a deeper ball threat per se, um, and as far as his average is concerned. But Devontae Smith, a very reliable option for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts loves going to Devontae Smith, and especially like third downs and and whatnot. So being able to have success there is going to be huge. And then my other and final key player is going to be Hassan Reddick. This might come as a surprise to some, but I think he's one of the more underrated defensive end slash linebackers in all of the league. I mean, he spent his first four years with Arizona, had great success there. 
good success his one year with Carolina and then last year with Philadelphia. Actually, had his career high in sacks at 16. He averaged a sack per game, basically. I felt like he didn't get as much recognition as he deserved. Going into this season, he's going to be one of the main, if not the main players on the defensive side there for the Eagles. Sure, he's 28. Maybe he isn't going to produce as much of numbers as he did last season and the years before that, but he is still a very reliable option at the defensive end linebacker position for the Eagles. Looking at their other linebackers, they got the Kobe Dean, young guy, and then their ends, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat. So they have a lot of good players on the defensive side. I mean, this team is still relatively similar somewhat to what they were last year in their NFC East champions as well as, you know, making it to the Super Bowl. So Hassan Reddick is my final key player. You could have made an argument for A.J. Brown, but I wanted to get a good defensive player in there because their defense was extremely underrated going into last season. And being able to have the successes that they were and make it to the Super Bowl is definitely something that's huge for them. And again, moving forward, um, really good position. What about your bus? The bus, I kind of just have the entire running back room in general. It's hard to say this because DeAndre Swift is super talented, but he hasn't been on the field most of his career. His rookie year, 13 games, uh, 2021, uh, 13 games, and just last year, 14 games. But within that time, uh, 2020's rookie year only had four as a starter, four as uh, second year and eight as his in this last year. Just overall, he's been somewhat decent, probably very underwhelming for the type of talent that he is. Uh, within that time, he's only broken over 500 or over 600 yards once, in, which was his sophomore year. Uh, but outside that, 521 yards, 617 yards, and 542 yards. Uh, did have eight touchdowns in five the last two years. Uh, so he does find the end zone. He does, is a good receiving threat. He had 357, 452, and 389 receiving yards. Uh, so overall, he's been solid, but. It's just one of those things, like, yes, he is coming back to his hometown, Philly, but just overall as a room itself, Gainwell, he's solid. Same with Boston Scott. Trey Sermon's solid, but in Rashad Penny. But it's like, what are they going to do there? It's hard to tell what they're going to do. So a lot of these guys have been injured, uh, or there's a reason why the teams have moved on from, like, guys like Rashad Penny. He's just been injured, and just some other stuff's been going on with him. So just overall, I'd just say right back room, but it's also super hard to say, any certain player because this team is so talented. I'm going to go ahead and go with Quez Watkins. Now, Quez Watkins is obviously a wide receiver. He is a guy that has a high ceiling, has a lot of potential, but with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith as the other wide receivers and then guys like Dallas Goddard at the tight end position, I'm not seeing much of an opportunity for Quez Watkins to have success and success that maybe he was expecting or anticipating. His one shot, in my opinion, was with the Phillies in 2021, where he had 43 receptions for 647 yards and one touchdown. Now you factor in this year with having A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith together last season. This season, I think it's going to be a similar situation where he's not going to be able to get as much targets per se. He is a guy, though, that he could be an X-factor and get you know some kind of sleeper receptions and touchdowns and all that stuff. But in my opinion, I don't think it's really that much of a gamble that you should you know, have worth taking for the Eagles as a whole. Their wide receiver core, besides Brown and um, uh, Devontae Smith, isn't as solid as maybe some other teams that have star wide receivers. So that may be his other potential to get in. But in my opinion, he definitely is more of a boomer bust player. And I think more on the bust side. If it was just Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins, I feel pretty confident with having him be the number two wide receiver and feel good about that. But I'm just not feeling good about it this season. Other wide receivers on their team, 
Olamidi, Zacchaeus, Devin Allen, Tyree, Cleveland. So, again, not a lot of big names there. Going to put a lot of trust and reliance on A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard going into this season. What about your breakout player? The breakout player I have is Nakobe Dean, uh, third-round pick uh, just last year. In 2022, he played in 17 uh, games but didn't start any of them. Only 13 combined tackles, one tackle for loss. So not a lot there, but in college, he was an All-American. Uh, his junior year in 2021 with Georgia before he got drafted, he had six sacks, uh, 72 uh, total tackles, uh, one pass deflection, one interception return for a touchdown, three forced fumbles, uh, had two picks. He's a really good player, uh, This and his defense is super good. I mean, they're really good. It's really hard to get playing time, and I think N'Kobe Dean just hasn't gotten the chance. Uh, when he has been on the field, we saw when he was with Georgia, how talented he was and the impact he was able to make. And I think if he gets that chance this year and this that opportunity with this defense, how good he, how good this defense is as a whole, I think he really could flourish. Yeah, I'm going to go with N'Kobe Dean as well. Again, this is his first season where he seems to be starting at the linebacker position. He never started in the game last year for the Eagles, but he was not necessarily a forgotten player. He is very young, and obviously we talked about the impact that he made at Georgia and the successes that he was able to have there, a third-round selection. I also did pick him up in my Dynasty League. I have him on my bench right now just because there's so much potential with this guy. 5'11", 231 pounds, maybe a little bit smaller than some other taller linebackers, but his size definitely makes up for it. He's a very athletic defensive player. He's great in the run game, great in the pass game. Kind of reminds me, similarly, if this is a bad comparison of Micah Parsons as far as his athleticism and what potentially this guy could be for the Philadelphia Eagles defense as a whole. Got guys like Dean, Hassan Reddick at the linebacker position. That's a deadly combination right there. And then we look at their defensive line as well. So the Eagles kind of seem to pick off where they left off as far as production and productivity as certain guys at certain positions. And I don't think this is going to be um, a season where Nicobe Dean kind of sits in the shadows and doesn't have, you know, success. I think he's going to make an impact from week one. He's going to be able to get a good amount of sacks, a lot of tackles, and have just overall a lot of success. And that's something that Philadelphia Eagles fans can be really excited about because getting him in the third round in the 2022 draft was already a big help as itself. And now going into a situation where he seems to be kind of filtered in the mix and as a starter right there, it's, it's huge. It's like a double-edged sword, and he's going to be able to have a lot of success. I think a lot of Eagles fans are excited what's to come there at that position and for N'Kobe Dean and his career. Your sleeper player. The sleeper player I have is Jordan Davis. Uh, he's a 6'6", 340-pound defensive tackle who they took thir- 13th overall in 2022. Uh, played in 13 games, only five starts. In that time, had one pass deflection, 18 total tackles, uh, one tackle for loss, no sacks in that time. But super, super talented player, and how talented his defensive line is uh, when he is fully healthy and he's going to be playing. He's also got his battering mate uh, from Georgia this past year uh, playing with him, so they're going to have some familiarity playing next to each other uh, just overall between him and Jalen Carter. So I think Jordan Davis uh, is going to – Hopefully he's going to be healthy all year, and when he plays, he's super talented and fun to watch. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jalen Carter as my sleeper player, and maybe this isn't an accurate 
description of what a sleeper player means. But in my opinion, I mean, he's already slept on with some off-the-field issues as far as speeding and whatever. He drops the ninth overall pick. And if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I said this a lot when we are talking about the draft, you got to be extremely ecstatic that you were able to get a guy like Jalen Carter. I thought as a whole, the defensive line was solid. I mean, Fletcher Cox is getting up there a little bit in age at 32 years old. But Jalen Carter can fill right in that mix and make an impact from game one, week one. And as far as the draft is concerned and being an athletic player, I thought Jalen Carter was the number one prospect going into this draft class. Obviously, you know, the Panthers were going to trade up for the number one overall pick to get Jalen Carter. They obviously got Bryce Young. But he, in some drafts, would go number one just based off team need. He's so athletic, so versatile. He's 6'3", 314 pounds tons of muscle on him and he's going to make an impact again he's a guy that can reach guys that are eight ten sacks this season make an impact from the get-go and be a really successful player i like i think um, a lot of comparisons have been to quinnon williams uh potentially and i think he's got the capabilities of doing that and maybe three four years down the line he signs one of those nice uh, contract extensions like he did but i think a lot of people are sleeping on him from his off the field stuff but at the end of the day we see a lot of these guys end up having success one of them was laramie tunsil we all remember his um, video that he went viral there on Twitter and the success that he's able to have so far. So I think Jalen Carter fits in right in the mix. I think he's a little bit disrespected right now. And I think this season he'll be able to change that narrative for a lot of people. Team MVP. For our team MVP, I have Jalen Hurts. I mean, uh, he won to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, can do everything. He can run the ball. He can pass. He's a team leader. Everyone enjoys him. So he's a super hard worker. I mean, there's videos of him out squatting offensive and defensive linemen, which is crazy for a quarterback to do. So I think Jalen Hurts is easily the best player on this team or one of the most talented players on this team. It's hard to say that with some of the defensive guys that they have. But Hurts has to be the team MVP. He leads them in everything. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is the team MVP. He's the catalyst on the offensive side. Maybe a little bit of insecurities his first season when he broke on the campaign, but his last two seasons, particularly last season, was absolutely phenomenal. Does it on the air, does it on the ground. I mean, he does everything that you ask of a quarterback and more, it seems like, and that's something Excuse me, that a lot of teams are really excited to see. Well, I shouldn't say a lot of teams are excited to see. A lot of Eagles fans are excited to see against other teams is the way I was trying to put that. He's going to be so good for the Eagles. He's going to pass the ball really well, run the ball really well, and be a dynamic quarterback. That the Eagles... Finally found, I mean, we saw the inconsistencies with uh, Jalen Hurts. We obviously saw a potential attempt with Gardner Minshew uh, when they had filtered in there in the mix. But it's been safe to say that Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of the future for a period of time now. And it's really exciting to see the successes that he was able to have, especially after a very talented collegiate career. Your first key draft pick. First key draft pick you mentioned earlier is Jalen Carter. I had him as the best player in the draft as well. Obviously, there's the off-field issues, uh, the where he went, where he dropped a little bit, going ninth overall to the Eagles. Uh, like you mentioned, probably most talented players in the draft. Uh, super fun to watch. I mean, it seems like all the Georgia players are going to the Eagles, so they'll have some familiarity with each other. And second, I have Nolan Smith, another uh, Georgia Bulldog. There, uh, Nolan Smith got him at, with the thirtieth pick. Uh, outside linebacker from Georgia again, like I mentioned, super talented also, and just adds to the suit, the depth of this linebacking uh, crew. It seemed like if you had to take anything from the, from this team, it may have been linebacker was the quote unquote weakest spot. Uh, granted Hassan Reddick was suit was really good last year and they had some other guys, uh, 
be able to perform, especially when they got to the playoffs. But it seems like getting Nolan Smith, uh, a super talented, super athletic guy, uh, be able to put him on this defense as well with J- uh, with Jalen Carter, just overall just makes this team more scary. Yeah, so obviously my first key draft pick was Jalen Carter. I already talked about him. Another first key draft pick is the first rounder, Nolan Smith, as you mentioned. I mean, look, we saw Georgia win back-to-back national championships, and one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, was not only their tight ends and offensive play, but how good their defense truly was. Their defense was one of a kind. It's been like that the past two seasons, so being able to see the successes that they've had. And Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith were big contributors for that matter. I thought he was going to be drafted a little bit higher, maybe 18-19. I thought that's where maybe his talent was at. But, you know, they got a linebacker for the future, and that's huge. I mean, they already had a good linebacking core in N'Kobe Dean for the future, as well as Hassan Reddick and Nicholas Morrow. You know, Nolan Smith's a guy that can filter in the mix and have a lot of success. Again, Hassan Rex get up there in age, he'll maybe three, four years down the line, he starts to kind of fall down a little bit. Perfect time for Nolan Smith to continue to develop and be a prolific linebacker that the Eagles not necessarily desperately needed, but I feel like they spiritually needed, and they just needed to continue to have one of the better linebacking core. And I can, I mean, with the guys that they have and whatever, you could maybe make this one of the best defensive line linebacking cores in all of football. I thought the Dallas Cowboys held that past couple of seasons but looking at where the eagles are at right now i mean they're competing very well we see a lot of great talented defensive ends linemen um and linebackers go to teams in the nfc east i mean obviously the commanders chase young montez sweat on the defensive line cowboys vanderash you got uh, uh micah parsons the eagles son reddick i mean thibodeau for the giants i mean I don't know if it's just a breeding ground in the NFC East division or what it is, but there's a lot of successful defensive players and there's a lot of high prolific offenses, which is why I thought we saw a lot of success from the uh, NFC East teams and why we had one of them in the Super Bowl representing the NFC East division. So that was the first one there. I also like their third round selection, safety Sidney Brown from Illinois. This guy's a ball hawk. I got to watch a lot of Sidney Brown um, being from, you know, or being an Iowa fan and, and watching a lot of, Illinois football, he's a ball hawk. He turns the ball over, which is exactly what I think the Eagles secondary, not necessarily needed, but, I mean, every team wants to have guys that are going to be able to turn the ball over. Their safety safety core is a bit whack, in my opinion, because they got Terrell Edmonds and Reed Blankenship, so I think Sidney Brown can filter in. I mean, they got Darius Slay, James Bradbury at the cornerback position. Sidney Brown can make an impact from the week uh, week one. I also like, too, about Sidney Brown is especially at the safety position, he's a great run defender or a wide receiver and open field tackler, which is huge, especially at the safety position. I mean, they're the last line of defense for you know a guy running to the end zone. But Sidney Brown has had a really talented career in the Big Ten, facing a lot of high-running schools like Iowa, Wisconsin, even Minnesota for that matter. It's had a lot of opportunity there. So you get a really good dynamic uh, threat there. Eagles, in my opinion, won the draft or one of the, were one of the winners of the draft just with guys like this that they were able to grab and snag. So it was just a great, great draft for the Eagles fans. You definitely got to be pleased with that, and their future looks even brighter. And I mean, as a Vikings fan, it sucks to see because I feel like we're going to be competing with the Eagles even if we get to that certain point. But, I mean, their team is so talented. They have so many things going for them that it's, it's just like a perfect mix, it seems like. And really can only get better. They did a really good job in, in not letting too much outside noise filter in any decisions that they made. What about off-season moves, your first one? First off-season move I have is Terrell Edmonds. You mentioned him earlier just a few seconds ago. Uh, being a safety, coming over from Pittsburgh. Uh, with Pittsburgh, he had a solid career for the most part. Probably a little disappointing from Pittsburgh's hand. Uh, he was the first-round pick, 28th overall, uh, towards the later round, later end of the first round. 
but he's been on the field most of the time. And when he is on the field, he is a starter. Uh, 16 games, 16 games, 15, 17, 15. So overall, he's been on the field a good amount. Uh, it just a, gets a lot of tackles. I mean, you know, I shouldn't mention last night, their last line of defense. He's able to come in. Uh, he creates a good amount of pass deflections. Uh, he doesn't create any forced fumbles, but he does get some recoveries, get some sacks here and there. And with this team, for how talented it is, this defense, adding someone like Terrell Edmonds, uh, his caliber, his talent that he does provide for uh, this team will be a help, especially in the safety department. Leaving when they've lost a couple guys, their safeties are the uh, they don't have the biggest names there in the safety room compared to other positions. So I like Terrell Edmonds uh, as a signing. And then the other one is Marcus Mariota. Uh, I think Marcus Mariota has been really uh, overlooked as a backup quarterback. He's been he, his time in the NFL as a starter is probably up. He's not going to get many opportunities to start. Uh, and at having Mariota, a very similar quarterback as Jalen Hurts, just be able to have a guy who can run the ball and run the offense like he has, but also be able to teach guys like uh, Hurts. Yes, he has had a couple years in the league now, but learning from a guy like Mariota, who is the second overall pick, being able to kind of learn from someone who does play a similar game to you, uh, how to stay healthy, some of the things that he's learned, I think will be a big help and be able to boost uh, Jalen uh, Hurts' career. So my first free agent was DeAndre Swift, obviously the trade from the Lions there. A lot of people were questioning the Lions drafting Jameer Gibbs and then trading for um, DeAndre Swift or trading away DeAndre Swift. I think a lot of people kind of overlooked DeAndre Swift and maybe pressed the panic button. But in my opinion, I felt like it was a weird situation there in Detroit. First of all, they seem to not have a heavy emphasis on running back success. There was a period of time where they didn't have like a 100-yard rusher in a game. Uh, the Detroit running game was definitely not good. And the touchdowns and all the scoring came from Jamal Williams. So it was kind of like a weird connection between the Lions and DeAndre Swift. But DeAndre Swift is exactly what uh, Jalen Hurts needs. With Miles Sanders, they finally started running the football, and he was able to have a lot of success. I felt like year in and year out, I was saying, Miles Sanders is going to be finally the guy that everyone's expecting to be. And last year, it kind of made sense and, and has success but DeAndre Swift in my opinion is the more veteran back as far as what Jalen Hurts needs because Miles Sanders obviously ran the football at an effective clip um, you know they had guys like Kenneth Gainwell Boston Scott more in for pass catching situations DeAndre Swift is more of a pass catching running uh, running back or more should get more recognition for his pass catching 62 receptions in 21 48 and 22 had over 300 400 yards and a couple of receiving touchdowns not to mention a dual threat running back there they also have some guys on the running back roster um, like Rashad Penny Boston Scott still and Kenneth Gainwell so interesting to kind of see the connection between those two teams and what success they're going to be able to have with those two sides but I think DeAndre Swift coming over, there's a lot of skepticism because the Philadelphia Eagles have never necessarily not been known as far as running backs for fantasy is concerned. But I think he is going to be a very dual threat player and he's only been in the league for three seasons. So maybe this is also um, a situation where DeAndre Swift is quote unquote a breakout player. But as far as a, a fit overall, I like this free agent signing. I think it's a good fit. And then also Marcus Mariota, as you mentioned, too. Marcus Mariota, it seems like he's been in the league forever. We obviously saw him get his career started with Tennessee. That didn't work out per se as maybe they were hoping for. He then ventured over to Las Vegas, where actually I was he was a pretty solid backup. He only appeared in one game in 2020, and then he appeared in 10 games, uh, I believe, in, in 21 or something like that. But for Las Vegas, he had a lot of success as a backup quarterback. And I think that's kind of where his 
time is going to be now at the quarterback position. He got benched for Desmond Ritter. Uh, they ended up going with Desmond Ritter and didn't need Marcus Mariota anymore. But Marcus Mariota is still 29 years old. I feel like a lot of people think he's like 34, 35. He's 29 years old. Sure, is he has dual threat of a quarterback as he was when he was the number two overall selection in 2015? No. But he has a very similar style to Jalen Hurts, and he can provide at least leadership for the Philadelphia Eagles. And if Jalen Hurts gets banged up for a play or two or even misses a couple games, Marcus Mariota can step into the mix and have a good amount of success, which I think is something that's desperately needed at the quarterback position. Not only do you want to have quarterbacks that are good, but you also want to have quarterbacks that are experienced and also fit the system. Other quarterbacks they have in the roster are Ian Book, who we obviously saw coming out of Notre Dame. He played for the Saints. Um, I guess didn't necessarily have the best of time. He only played in, what, one game? For the Saints, I think a lot of people were maybe expecting him to have a lot more success, as well as Tanner McKee, um, a quarterback that they had drafted this year out of Stanford. So there are two quarterbacks. Obviously, they want to have Jalen Hurts as much as possible, but having a safety net in Marcus Mariota is also key to making sure that they can able be able to maintain their offense and have offensive success, even if Marcus Mariota isn't going to be a start in the, in the league anymore. If Jalen Hurts is a quarterback for four years and Mariota's his backup, I think the Eagles are going to be just fine. Three keys to success. So my three keys to success for this team. Uh, one, can Jalen Hurts repeat what he did last year? I feel like he can. Uh, I think Hurts is super talented, and he showed it off last year. It's just can he repeat what he did last year? He's got the talent around him to do it. I believe he will. Second one, can the young guys play well together? I mean, granted, half of them played for Georgia at this point, so there's some type of uh, teamwork, team camaraderie there between them uh, being able to play with each other. But can these young guys take over for some of these older guys? I mean, Slay is still at the top of, top of his game, it feels like. But can other guys back him up, uh, especially the younger guys, just the younger guys on defense? Are they able to show out and prove why this defense is one of the better ones in the league? And my third one is, will the running backs actually be good this season? I think Swift will have a decent season, but I don't think he's going to have a season many believe. And just overall, this running back room, like I mentioned before, there's a lot of running backs there, and just how, kind of how are they going? How are they going to use these running backs? Are they going to split carries? Last year during the playoffs, it seemed like Gainwell got a lot more carries, uh, and they relied on him and like guys like Boston Scott. But they got guys like DeAndre Swift this past year, or Rashad Penny, uh, who had some decent years in okay time over in Seattle. Trey Sermon, a younger guy, uh, I believe was with the Niners for a little bit, and then came over to the Eagles uh, at was more of a practice squad guy. So just what are they going to do with the running back room just overall? Granted, like we mentioned before, he, his team isn't known for being a big running team outside of the quarterback and Jalen Hurts. Uh, just more protect Hurts and be able to have some type of work, running game or work. But are they going to try to lean into the running game more because they have more guys? So my first keys to success kind of coincide with one another. It's first, don't completely rely on Jalen. And second, run the ball. You know, I think teams, particularly the Eagles, especially when Miles Sanders or I think it was Jalen Hurts' second season, they were really just reliant on Jalen Hurts. And I mean, your quarterback is the most important part of the team. Everybody knows that. But more than that, you need to be able to have success with not just a quarterback. Teams that rely too much on their quarterback are going to find themselves in difficult situations because it's almost like 
all for broke. It's almost like with Tennessee, when they completely rely on their running back and Derrick Henry, that they completely have an irrelevant passing game. It's important to have consistency. And I had said this so many times, especially with the Eagles, because they were a great example of it. So many times they finally listened to me. I, I bet you uh, Roseman was listening to my podcast. But I had said, just run the ball, even if it's showing that you can run the ball with Miles Sanders, because we obviously know Jalen Hurts can run the ball. But just run the ball, showcase that you have that. And if you're able to, you're going to open the door for more opportunities and success. And they finally did. They had success because Jalen Hurts now had an opportunity to not only run the ball, but pass the ball. If he was just running or passing the ball, they know that he's going to pass the ball and then it's going to clog up running lanes and be a difficult situation for you know the Eagles to be put in or Jalen Hurts to be put in. So being able to find success with that is something that's going to be huge for them in the longevity and uh, where that's concerned. I think that's going to be huge for their and then finally, they have one of the best defenses in all the NFL. Whether you want to admit it or not, veteran young, they have a lot of great options on the defensive side. Use that to their advantage. This is one of the better teams on paper. I mean, offense in of itself is one of the better teams on paper. Defense in of itself is one of the better teams on paper. Make sure you stop your biggest opponent in the division, in my opinion, the Cowboys, and other maybe NFC powerhouse offenses, such as the Vikings, for example, or a team like the Niners, uh, you know, could maybe filter in the mix there. So stop those and have success and continue to find a way to pay your way to the NFC and win the NFC again. They have the roster to do it. You see some teams like last year, the Rams win a Super Bowl and then be absolutely terrible, or at least make the Super Bowl and be absolutely terrible. The Eagles, they didn't win a Super Bowl, but they have the opportunity to be right back in the Super Bowl mix and win a Super Bowl this time. So they have a lot of things going for them. Injury is going to be the only <laughs> derail. It seems like injuries is always the biggest thing that derails a team's chances at uh, winning the Super Bowl. So being able to have good success there is going to be huge. Uh, but having a good defense, which they already have, is already the first step in a good process there. And then your divisional prediction. Uh, I believe they're going to finish first. I mean, I think we both have them finishing first. We mentioned so far throughout this entire episode about just how talented both sides of the ball is, the defense and offense. And there, I don't think there's many teams in this division that's really going to compete with it. Like you mentioned, the Cowboys probably going to be the biggest challenge for them out of all the teams. I don't think the Giants are really going to compete with them. Granted, the interdivisional teams like this uh, in this division be able to compete against each other seems like they've always had good games. But I don't think I think they come out on top of, the, of this division. Yeah, I have them finishing first in the division as well. I'm going to go a little bit further and say they're going to be the number one overall seed in the NFC, 14-3 and three record, possibly 15-2. and two. I mean, their team is just so good. The only thing that's going to derail them is injuries. They have a favorable schedule for the most part, too. I mean, not necessarily a favorable schedule because they're going to have to face the first-place teams in all the other NFC divisions, but they have an opportunity to have a lot of success. I mean, week two, they play the Vikings at home on Monday Night Football, so those primetime games have a lot of success there, too. The Eagles are just the best team in the NFC, in my opinion, potentially one of the best teams in all of football. From top to bottom, they have a lot of success. Not only do they have a lot of great starters, they got a lot of great backup options as well. That can definitely help if there were injuries um, that do you know transpire. So they have a really good team from top to bottom. I think they're going to win the division, not necessarily pretty easily, but a little bit easier maybe than last year and have a chance to make the Super Bowl once again and possibly win it. 
Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth. I was wanting to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. Also, make sure you are subscribed to The Truth for more exclusive content, everything like that that you don't want to miss. Feel free to subscribe there too. And hopefully you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, like I said, we have the Giants tomorrow. That's the final team in the NFC East Division. So make sure if you missed your favorite team from this division or the AFC East, you go check those out as well. But look forward to talking about the Giants tomorrow and seeing what successes potentially the Giants are going to have next season. But thank you guys so much for listening. As always, thank you guys for your continuous support. And we'll talk to you guys in the next episode. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, joined once again by AJ Ponciano. Take care and good night.